Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T laid out their 5G plans for the coming year. And to talk about the valuable C-band spectrum they just spent billions of dollars on. What the heck is C-band spectrum? I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Here to talk about everything they laid out is mobile and streaming services reporter Eli Blumenthal. Welcome, Eli. Thanks for having me back. So this has been a marathon session for you. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, each company took a turn on with multi-hour presentations. What, what did you hear from the big carriers? The big carriers basically laid out their visions, respective visions for 5G in 2021, and even a little bit of 5G in 2022 and 2023, and how they view some of the new spectrum they purchased playing into that. Right. And uh, this is that C-band spectrum I was talking about earlier. Just for our listeners who aren't up to the date with the minutia of the spectrum world, what exactly is C-band spectrum? And just give us a little bit of context around the, the auction that just concluded. So C-band is this version of mid-band spectrum that has much faster speeds than the low-band nationwide 5G networks that some of the carriers were touting early on, while offering much better coverage than the higher frequency millimeter wave networks that you see carriers like Verizon touting on parts of select blocks in certain cities. Right. The idea being that this is sort of the sweet spot of the radio airwaves that are used to basically ferry data between your phone and those cell towers uh, you know, on the rooftops and, and elsewhere around the city. And it, it's got that kind of nice mix of range and coverage and speed, correct? Exactly. It's something that will give you a 5G experience that a lot of us were expecting when 5G started to become a thing over the last couple of years. And C-Band's made a lot of headlines recently because there was a FCC auction that just concluded. And really, that's why these companies are talking now. It's because with the auction done, they can actually talk about what they plan to do with those airways. Just to give us some context, how much how much money did that auction raise? How much did these companies actually spend on this spectrum? So the money spent from each carrier varies, uh, but the, spe- the auction as a whole brought in $81 billion, uh, which is a record-shattering number when it comes to making these airwaves available or airwaves like these available and, and does speak to just how in need these carriers were for new spectrum. Verizon spent $45 billion in spectrum. It, it actually said that when you factor in other costs to clear out the spectrum and, and make some incentive payments, it spent closer to $53 billion on, this, on the spectrum it acquired, the C-band spectrum. AT&T was in second place. It spent over $27 billion in T-Mobile in a relatively distant third, spent $9 billion all to get their hands on this C-band spectrum. And so let's take them one at a time. These companies all presented this week. What? Let's go with Verizon first because it spent the most money. What is Verizon's plan for the spectrum? And for Verizon customers, what can they expect or when can they expect uh, any kind of change in their experience? So Verizon spent, as we just discussed, $53 billion. They're going to start deploying the spectrum in December of this year. So you're not going to see any immediate benefits. It's really tail end of 2021, early 2022. But they're going to start building network now. So once they are allowed to start using the spectrum in December, they could flip a switch and turn it on for 46 markets uh, as soon as later this year, covering 100 million people with this faster version of 5G in uh, in the next 12 months, by next March. That number will grow to 175 million people between 2022 and 2023, before eventually reaching over 250 million people in 2024. As for what you can expect with this, a lot faster uh, download speeds. You can expect it to enable 
peak download speeds or, or the I, the maximum ideal of one gigabit per second, which is speeds that rival home broadband. And that's important because part of what Verizon wants to do with the C-band is offer a wider home broadband solution over 5G, taking on uh, Comcast and Charter and AT&T in those arenas. Right. And we can go to home broadband a bit later, but let's let's go through the first the other two carriers first. So what what is AT&T doing? What's T-Mobile doing? So we'll go to T-Mobile next because they were on Thursday. Verizon was on Wednesday. T-Mobile was Thursday. T-Mobile didn't spend as much. They only spent $9.3 billion, on, which is still a, a large number, on C-Band. And they were using it mainly to complement their existing 5G network. Because they bought Sprint last year, they, they weren't in as desperate a need for mid-band to the same extent that AT&T and Verizon are. So their, their C-band isn't going to become available until 2023. They got the part that becomes available later. And it should be noted that C-band, the auction's basically split into two chunks. There's the first chunk that becomes available at the tail end of this year, which Verizon bought the most of and AT&T got some of. And then the 2023 chunk, which all three carriers purchased parts of. So for T-Mobile, they spent their nearly four hours talking about their current stage of their, of their network with the Sprint Spectrum and all the improvements they're making with what they already have. And they're talking about raising their average download speeds from uh, 300 megabits per second now, which is already pretty great, up to 400 megabits on average. And again, they have peak download speeds similar to Verizon of one gigabit per second with their mid-band spectrum. So they, they already are targeting the same area that Verizon is hoping to get to later this year. Uh, they also are, are rapidly expanding. So they cover now 287 million people with their low-band 5G network and 125 million people with their mid-band faster 5G network, what they call ultra-capacity 5G. And that number for mid-band will jump to over 200 million people by the end of this year, 250 million people by the end of 2022, and 90% of Americans by the end of 2023. So they talked a lot about that. They talked a lot about home internet, which again, we're going to touch on in a minute. Uh, but that's something that they are very aggressively going into. And we'll know more about that as soon as later this month. And uh, they also talked about moving Sprint customers onto T-Mobile plans and, and trying to, to really finish the process that started last year. Got it. And, and lastly, what about AT&T? AT&T spent over $27 billion and they are taking a different approach to Verizon, whereas they are redoing some of their network now. So their 5G C-band rollout will reach between 70 and 75 million people by the end of uh, 2022, as opposed to 100 million people by next March, which is what Verizon's targeting. AT&T will target reaching 100 million people at some point in early 2023. So it looks like, um, I want to get to broadband, but home broadband, but it looks like just summarizing the three compared, in terms of experiences, not a lot of big changes this year. If you're looking for the highest probability of higher speeds, those kind of peak speeds, T-Mobile seems to be the carrier to be with, at least for this year. Is that is that correct from my assessment? Well, it depends on where you live. All of these carriers have different strengths and different weaknesses depending on your market because they have different spectrum available in each location. So in New York, it may be T-Mobile. In, in Los Angeles, it might be Verizon. It all varies depending on where you are. 
the short term, if you're expecting a but prob- from some probability perspective, though, it seems like, and you're right, it definitely varies depending on where you live, but there are going to be more markets where you are likely to get those higher speeds from T-Mobile just because it's got that sprint mid-band spectrum, correct? Yes. If you're in a, a urban market, uh, you should get faster speeds from T-Mobile right now. Uh, in fact, T-Mobile is targeting covering 200 million Americans with its mid-band by the end of this year. So even if you aren't in an urban market, they're aggressively building this out. Uh, And if you're looking for the fastest 5G, uh, generally, not just when you're in certain parts of certain cities, T-Mobile seems to be the pick right now. That could change as soon as later this year. But for right now, when we're recording this in in March of 2021, T-Mobile seems to have a pretty sizable lead. Great. Well, uh, let, let, let's get into home broadband because I know that's an area you're interested in. In fact, you're you're running this call on a T-Mobile home broadband connection, correct? I'm actually, I think, on my Spectrum Wi-Fi for this. I have my phone has been running. I've been testing uh, T-Mobile's home internet offering concurrently with my existing Spectrum home internet. So I've been I've been running them side by side. Um, I can actually run a speed test now. I was getting speeds of roughly seventy megabits to one hundred megabits per second down, which are pretty solid speeds uh, for home internet. Latency was pretty low too. I'm connected also to four G, not five G, so those should, in theory, only go up as T-Mobile continues to build out its five G network near where I am in New York City, and. It's also should be noted that T-Mobile's charging, at least for this pilot program, $60 a month, which for some people may be a pretty sizable savings compared to what they're paying for their existing home internet provider. Yeah, I'm curious about that because we've obviously been writing a lot about uh, the broadband gap and the fact that some people just can't uh, get access to it, whether it's because of financial means or because of it, it just isn't there. Uh, and you noted that it's sixty dollars. That's a ten dollar increase from its initial introductory price. Uh, I'm curious if they talked a little bit about how they would, I guess, bridge that gap on the affordability side because they've just sixty dollars potentially is savings if you are a customer who's got a triple play package or, or a big spender when it comes to services. But what about for folks who can't necessarily afford fifty, sixty dollars for internet? That's going to be a big question that they're going to have to answer. Uh, and they didn't really talk about that too much uh, during this event on Thursday. They, they basically, when it came to home internet, they talked about how they're doing this and how they're going to go after rural communities that don't have a lot of competition and how they're going to go after places that only have one or two incumbent providers in urban areas where you could have two or three or more different options for home internet. Um, but a lot of this was teasing that more is coming soon. And they are going to announce a widespread launch of this home internet, including different price points they they indicated and different markets uh, later this month. So at some point in March, 2021, it's March 12th when we're recording this. At some point soon, they're going to be talking about what exactly they plan to do with home internet. And it should also be noted they have different options available now. And I know you you spoke to them, uh, I believe it was now almost two years ago, about some of their initiatives to try to bridge this digital divide. Yeah, that's right. That was, uh, I think, one of John Ledger's last uh, last big events. 
Yeah. You know, it's weird. You said two years ago and I was like, well, no, that was last year. And then I realized, no, that's impossible. It could have been last year. Um, yes, that, that they, they had uh, a couple of initiatives on, you know, lower price plans, um, bridging the homework gap as well, like offering more, more, uh, I think they called it project 10 million. Exactly. Uh, and so they made a big deal about that and, and, and providing more access, but you know, it, it doesn't necessarily connect with the, the idea that they're sort of raising prices for home broadband before it even becomes a thing. They've raised it up to $60 a month. So I'll be interested to see what they do in regards to, uh, to that. Uh, and in terms of at and Verizon, like what, what are some of their home broadband plans? So both are going to be experimenting with the space or getting into the space more than they already have been in the past. So Verizon has been doing a 5G home internet using its millimeter wave, but that's only available in a handful of cities and in a handful of areas in those cities where you can get their fastest 5G signal. They have a 4G LTE program, which uses their 4G network from internet, but it doesn't have the same speeds that you would expect with a 5G offering. Uh, so they plan to expand to have a 5G home internet using some of the C-band spectrum we were talking about, um, I believe as soon as later this year. Uh, AT&T, similarly, is going to experiment and get into this space as well. Uh, the AT&T doesn't have the same, what's known as fixed wireless, using wireless to provide home broadband offering for consumers. That, they tell me, is going to change this year. They're going to have a product that uses their existing 4G LTE, 5G, and will be able to work with their new C-band spectrum also coming later this year. Uh, exactly what these updated 5G home broadband solutions will look like, we still don't really know. Um, we don't know the exact markets. We don't know price points. We know that Verizon, for example, for its 5G home, does charge just $50 a month for pretty fast internet, several hundred megabits per second. Uh, and I believe no data caps, no, uh, no other fees, no contracts. So it'll be interesting to see how they position their C-band-based 5G offering. Yeah, there's still lots to come. Obviously, uh, they may have laid out some plans, but I think things are still kind of confusing, especially if you've got... Um, you know, older phone, you may or may not be able to tap into C-band. Lots to digest, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about this some more. Eli, thank you for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge, or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.